Welcome to Between the Before and After, a podcast about the stories that shape us. I'm your host, Coach John McLernan, and each episode I bring you an inspiring guest with a moving story that shines a light on the power of the human spirit. Before we dive in, I want to let you know about two very important things. Number one, the stories shared here are often gritty, raw, and vulnerable, and very likely will include speaking about sensitive topics suited for a mature audience. Number two, this podcast is also broadcast live on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. So on whatever platform you follow myself or Freedom Nutrition Coaching, you have the opportunity to participate in this discussion during the live stream. And we encourage your participation both by commenting and asking questions. And so this podcast is about exploring the stories that take place between the before and after photos, not just in the realm of weight loss, but in all areas of life. So let's dive in. All right, welcome back to another episode of Between the Before and After. It's cliche to say it, but I'm excited about the conversation I'm going to have today. It looks like we could have some familial connections if the lighting was a little bit different, uh, you know, because we were talking about having slightly ginger beards uh, <laughs> before we got started. So pretty, pretty sure there's there's got to be some sort of lineage, you know, maybe going back to Northern Ireland or something like that. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> I should mention for those listening who I'm chatting with today, Tim Brannion. Uh, Tim Brannion's got a great story from, you know, troubled troubled youth to military guy to military vet to now a tech entrepreneur running a seven-figure company and li- living a really awesome life. And so we want to dive more into that story and see, like, how did you get to this place and what did you have to overcome to get there? And uh, so I'm going to throw it over to you and just let you give a little bit of backstory on who is Tim Brannion. Yeah. No, Jonathan, thank you. Uh, you know, right off the jump, man. Thanks for having me on. We've had a really cool conversation before this all <laughs> started, and uh, I'm excited to, to get into to more depth of this. So um, thank you for the introduction again. My name yeah, is Tim yeah. Brannion. I'm the founder of a platform called TrueFans.com. Um, I've built a lot of different apps and technology over the last nine years. I was in the Air Force for a short stint, active duty, and then that transitioned into working as a civilian contractor with one of the largest uh, contracting companies in, in the world, and they change their names every six months. So back in the day, it was Triple Canopy, now it's Constellus Group. Anyway, um, I've been fortunate to travel all over the world. And uh, ultimately, my story really has always transitioned or changed due to restlessness and discontent. Restlessness and discontent initially, like going back to, to high school, um, was a result of hanging around with people that didn't really know where they were going. We were, none of us were really mm-hmm. going anywhere fast. So my circle was just, uh, just mirrors reflecting each other. And, and it was mainly chasing girls and chasing the party scene and chasing a yeah, good, yeah. what I considered at that time, like a good time yeah. um, with no like long-term thoughts or repercussions in mind. It was just living, existing, almost waffling. Yeah. Uh, so when that, uh, when that ended, it was due to restlessness and discontent, and I and I knew I needed a change. So I jumped at the chance to join the military. It changed my life. It put me around people who uh, also had uh, desires for change. And yeah. Um, yeah. you know, I'm just pumped. I, I, I'm, I'm that was one of the best decisions that I made as a young dude to yeah. do something different. And um, yeah, so. so- yeah, so I'm kind of curious here. Um, what what? Because you grew up in in Indiana. I'm not sure if it was like a small town uh, that you grew up in, or you know, because like yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, so because like it's a blue collar town in Coca. It's called uh, Kokomo, Indiana, not the island. Yeah, it's um, like uh, didn't didn't the Beach Boys make a famous song about Aruba, Jamaica? <laughs> That's what everybody Kokomo. initially They're, thinks, but no, it's yeah, uh, yeah. it's a small, more more uh, blue collar town. 
really the aortic artery of our of our city is uh, the Chrysler plant. So a lot of people okay. that, that work here work in the factories and yeah, humble humble beginnings. Yeah. So. Uh, but, you know, very often, like, young people are, are doing exactly what it is you're doing. We're sold this dream of, like, the party lifestyle, live it up, soak up your youth, you know, ch chase girls, you know, do all these amazing things, just live in the moment. But something triggered uh, a shift in that where you maybe, I don't know if you had a moment where you kind of looked at this and you went, like, this isn't going anywhere. This actually feels really empty. Um, and why, why I'm sort of steering that direction is because I remember having a moment. Uh, I was maybe 20, 21 years old. I was at this party and I looked around the room and I was like, this is it. This is the best that this has to offer me right now. You know, I, I've got an attractive girlfriend. I've got, you know, I'm, I'm watching these people. We're drinking, we're partying, we're listening to music. We're having the time of our life. But I'm like, that's it. That's it. I'm going to go home. I'm going to feel depressed because right. the high, I'm off the high now. And now what? Where do we go from here? So I don't know if you kind of had a moment like that or what caused this shift to take place. So for, so for me, you know, I, I can't remember an exact moment. And a lot of times I wasn't open to having that moment because I was so distracted that nothing was like, I didn't have quiet time to really think and, and get tactical or audit my life. But mm -mm. Uh, I had always believed that I was destined to do something more. I, I had this instinctive and I still have it today. I believe that I'm not just me. I believe it for other people too, maybe even more so than they do at times. Like I believe yeah. that each of us have a calling. Each of us have a gift and a talent and something to offer the, the world. And uh, so at that time, I guess, you know, my moment was just, again, you know, kind of like you looking around and just, just seeing uh, where I was and what that was resulting in. And then knowing in my gut and my heart that it was time for a change. I needed to do something different if I, if I was going to expect different results. So that for me was, a very primitive. It was, you know, I'm going to enlist. And at the time, dude, it was just, if I go and do this for the military, I can create a really good resume. It was, it was pretty right. se yeah. selfish at first. Like, you know, I can, I can go, I can, I can do this for four to six years, love it or hate it. I'm going to get some experience. They're going to put money in my pocket. Uh, and then worst case scenario, if I hate it or I get out, um, I'll have a really good resume where I was a federal police officer. I was a military troop and that's going to look mm -hmm. great and people will hire me and I can right. make a living. That, that was really the early you know, thought process for me. So there's no, no like sort of entrepreneurial leanings at that point in time. Zero. What, you know, I say that I, I was my first hustle in high school was soft modding Xboxes. Okay. Selling. <laughs> so I, I've always been a, an entrepreneur or a capitalist, if you will. I always, my, my yeah. market at the time was high school one of my first hustles was literally I would soft mod people's Xboxes. They would ride my bus stop. This was, I'll give you the logistics. They would ride my yeah, bus yeah. stop with their Xbox. I would take that Xbox, have a, a 24 hour turnaround where I would bring it back soft modded. And it's probably going to throw me in jail at some point. Anyway, <laughs> I'll explain it. So then I, I would sell games to yeah. that soft modded Xbox that could also browse the internet. That could also play Sega or different emulators. So it was oh, okay. not only an upfront, but there was also a continuity piece to it of residual passive income through the new games okay. that would come out. So take, <laughs> take <laughs> just descriptions of what people wanted at school. And then I would go to family video or these rental stores. I don't yeah, think yeah. I can go to jail. I was under 18. So I was yeah. just in my, this was years back. So. Well, we're just telling the story for entertainment purposes. Right. Yeah. This is just the story anyway. <laughs> uh, what does it mean to soft mod? Uh, so back in the day, the normal Xbox, there was a methodology in which you could change its firmware. 
So okay. I, I had this elaborate setup where I built, you know, I took, I really took apart my dad's computer and turned it into my own sort of custom machine that would, uh, you know, Frankenstein these Xboxes. I could get into okay. the, the software through a memory card and then I could rewrite scripts and rewrite programs and add my own stuff. Oh, okay. And so uh, then I could like you're like hacking it. into them or? Yeah, I could do everything from like changing the lights to, to be different colors on the Xbox to, you know, back in the day, a normal Xbox, if we got any nerd gamers watching this, you'll know you couldn't, <laughs> couldn't browse the internet on, yeah, an, yeah. on a regular Xbox. Well, with mine, you could. So okay. word spread pretty quick because it was pretty cool that, you know, you could play thousands of different games, like a Nintendo game or Sega game. And, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, was, that was. So I'd always been an entrepreneur, but I never, or a capitalist, you know, I was always looking for yeah, opportunity. Yeah. But but in the military, I was really focused on a job. As I got older, I just, I imagined that wealth came from working jobs. Mm-hmm. And I thought that if you were rich or if you had things, you were a doctor or a lawyer, or some sort of like professional, you were a surgeon. Right. I didn't, I didn't really like equate it to multiple streams of income. And I didn't really know about like investing or anything like that. I was completely oblivious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you had, but you had sort of this, this, this uh, fascination with technology and what it, what it could potentially do. Yeah. I just, I've always been aggressively curious, man. Like, so I was a gamer. I'm still a gamer. You know, yeah. I love, I love playing video games even now with my buddies, it's camaraderie, it's competition, but there was a world yeah. where I, I would get to the end of a game, especially like an online game. And then it's like, okay, we've done everything we've ranked. Now what? Now I'm going to mm-hmm. hack or I'm going <laughs> to mod. And, you know, I was that guy that people hated. And anyway, that, yeah. that's you, you were, you were looking for ways to, to be, you know, some people call it lazy, but I call it being efficient. Like you just where, where somebody see, because there's a, there's like a mindset around this, right? Like, we just got to work hard. You just got to work hard and you got to put your head down and you're like, that's probably a simpler, easier way of doing this where I don't have to kill myself. And, you know, so, so this is kind of in the back of your mind, but uh, so you joined the air force and uh, what, what trade were you or where, what branch, uh, I guess, or what subset of the air force were you in? Yeah. So I somehow got it. I got lucky because I joined around nine 11 and they had <laughs> lowered, they had lowered the standards. So even the, the dummies could get through man. So I, I barely got in with my low ASVAB score Mm. Um, and I was, I was on the next thing smoking, man, to get out of, of my current situation and, and jet out. Um, and it, and it made sense again, thinking about the resume thing. I joined as a security forces member. So I was, uh, what other career fields call like, uh, military police. Mm-hmm. So in, yeah. in that world, there is static security, there's nuclear security, there is, uh, you know, some squadrons where they just train and deploy all over the world. I, my, my curse was more so static security, uh, law enforcement. And then I loved, I volunteered to deploy whenever I could because I, right, I, yeah. I was single, no kids. And I loved, I loved the adventure. So, right. Okay. So where, where did you, where are some of the places you got deployed to? So I've been to, I was deployed to Kuwait, was deployed to Qatar. I've been to Iraq. Um, and thankfully I didn't have to go to, to Afghanistan. I almost did. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I you know, I think I say, thankfully, I think I wanted to go. There was a task or people, there was a down plane or something and they were going to go you know, create security or whatever. But yeah, so those are, those are some of the places I've been. And then as a contractor, man, which is in support of the Department of Defense, I've been to Abu Dhabi, hmm. it's in Ireland. I lived in Kuwait and, and um, Dubai for like three and a half years. Okay. So I've, I've yeah. got a lot of experience in all well, parts of the world. A lot of time spent in kind of, kind of the Middle East as well. Um, yeah, too much time, actually. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'd like yeah. to never go back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's it's cool to be kind of kind of honest about that. In in my mind, because I, I look, I'm Canadian. I grew up with like a winter where I live. We get probably it's snowing right now. Like, yeah, <laughs> and so the thought, like, and I've been to Dubai, and I remember it was like 46 degrees. Uh, Celsius, which is like, I don't know, 112, 114 Fahrenheit, just some ridiculous number. Like people, people exist in this, you know, and it's cool. They have like air conditioned bus stops, but like, man, this is just like misery. I don't know how it survive year round. Like I'm made to, ex- cold. to explain the listeners. If you want, if you've never experienced that type of heat, I'm going to assume you've got some people from Canada or people that have never, the, the best way to describe this is how I tell my family is if you're, you're getting ready to get the pizza out of the oven and you put your face over the oven door. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Kuwait. Like your pizza's yeah. done, you're excited, but then you get hit with that blast of heat. Yep. That's it. Welcome, yeah. to, welcome to the desert. You know, it's, <laughs> that's such an interesting analogy because I'm that just brought me back to like Singapore. So Singapore, you, I, I flew in there, and uh, in the airport is beautifully air conditioned. Man, it's like the it's like the, the most amazing airport in the world. Like if you haven't been to Singapore, you got to go. Uh, yeah. But then the doors open and you walk out and this wham, you're just hit with like this wall of like steam and humidity. And like, you're like, how the heck do you breathe in this environment where, you know, it feels like my lungs are just filled up with burning steam. But that's what it's like. You yeah. don't, you just, you just try to, you just try to live, you try to survive. <laughs> yeah. So, so that, that was enough for, for you to go, okay, I need, so, cause when you say you're doing a contract, you're, you're now no longer an active service member, but the work you're doing is, is in support of the military. Is that correct? Right. I was at a civilian status. And mm-hmm. um, when I was out there, I was doing similar work, but getting yeah. paid like quadruple the amount. So when I, <laughs> when my active service stopped, I yeah. went to college for a short stint and realized like this was not for me. I felt like cattle right. um, and felt like everybody there. And I, I had really high aspirations, man. Like I, I went to school with slacks and a collared t-shirt and I'm used to like military classrooms and I'm, right, right, I'm on right. this trajectory in life where it's like, I want to succeed. I want to <laughs> win. You know, we got a mission to do. I'm just, I'm high speed at that point. And, and as far as my you know, thought process characteristics and when I got to school, I was very prepared and what I was met with was a bunch of, you know, an environment where people didn't know why they were there. Yeah. Um, an environment where people weren't really engaged. Like the professor was teaching and, and explaining how the syllabus, I think is what it's called, the checklist yeah, of yeah, things yeah. that we're going to get done. And dude, there was people with headphones in. There was a dude like sleeping. There's people having side <laughs> I conversations. Did that, man. <laughs> people having side conversations. And yeah. I'm like attentive, you know, like I'm, I'm yeah, watching, you're, you're but I'm like, but I'm like distracted, like, holy shit, is this really like, this is college? Like, this is what's going on? And, and I was really bummed out. I actually got pretty depressed in college because I was like, because it forced, again, restlessness and discontent, it forced me to start figuring out, okay, what can I do? You know, what is the solution for this? I'm not happy here, but I don't have to stay here either. Like, I, I can do something different. <laughs> and uh, so, so that adaptation was... Uh, having conversations with people that were, I've, I had heard about the contracting world and the, and the type of money that you could make and you could travel. And it just made a lot of sense. I didn't have anything holding me back really. So I, I started putting out applications. I started talking to people and networking and it really is like kind of a tight knit group. You have to know somebody in, in a lot of cases yeah, to get yeah. in. And I was fortunate, man. They, they picked me and, you know, yeah. got That's out funny. to the desert. I, uh, because I went to university and something something sort of similar, but like I just got this this restless feeling, like 
that uh, this isn't this isn't really productive. I was being groomed to go into a PhD program, and uh, like the semester before, I was going to go start my PhD. I was like, forget this, man. I'm out. I'm not. I'm not just going to spend another four years of my life working for a pittance for someone to take credit for my work and for me to get letters after my name that maybe nobody actually cares about outside of this whole field. Right. And uh, so I joined the military just for challenges. Like I'm going to join. Yeah, you know, maybe. 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 Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I got into engineering, but I wasn't like. In one hand, I really enjoyed the structure uh, of the military, but uh, I wasn't a good fit because, probably similar to you, I would look around and I'd find like this is inefficient, this is a waste of time, this is stupid. Why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. And I opened my mouth probably too many times <laughs> to point out, and it's like you know, shut your mouth. This is how we do this. You fall into line. Yeah, there I wasn't a good fit, and so on on the educational side i had i had the education of someone that was three ranks above me because i kept going through his courses and flying through them but because i didn't i didn't open my mouth at the wrong times i wasn't right. getting you, promoted you play the politics of it right, right. so in, in 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 navy i don't know what the ranks would be like in the u.s but it's called like a leading seaman so i got two hooks it's about the third rank up you go ordinary able and leading and then you master and then you get into like the non-commissioned officers so right. the rank or the position that i held in the department was one of like a, a second level non-commissioned officer like a petty officer but my rank was like of like a grunt and yeah. i was like there's there you know i had people like that were higher ranking than me but lower than me in the department it was just like this i was like this is stupid man yeah. so i actually came home my wife and i hopped in a plane and flew to mexico and just like we're just gonna travel the world for a while and just figure something out you know <laughs> so yeah man yeah. i i was a really i i was really good at just shutting up and coloring to be honest and i'd never been that way my whole life i was good at just just okay you know this is what you guys say we need to do i was on this trajectory i felt like where i where i trusted their ability to kind of guide and, and maneuver us i was i felt like i was growing so it was it was cool that they were they were directing this right, and i right. didn't really have you know all this logistics knowledge or how to you know manage a schedule or, or what was what i was i was pretty mindless to be honest like in yeah. the whole operational side of things and uh you know so it was cool later in life like i know i can look back now and see how we were doing things and i i know like while i would enjoy just being an employee or being a being someone who's just i just all i have to do is do what i'm told i can show up and i don't have to think (laughs) i don't have to write compliance stuff i don't have to be the guy that's got answers i can just like while that's awesome i know that i would see things at a different perspective and be really burnt out i'm sure yeah, or yeah. want to express ideas and create change, and in a typical world, whether it's military or corporate world, it's not always about that. It's about politics and and who likes you and all this. And yeah, and I yeah, I don't yeah. have I've never been good at I don't know how to play that truly. Right, right. And I'm not a chess player like that. I'm always like results or mission oriented or objective oriented. Um, so I don't do well in environments that are that are that way ever. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I don't know how to play. So yeah, you know. So so you figure okay. Um, after doing some contract work, because and you're making way more money doing that than being, uh, I guess, a grunt. Then you decide. I see something here. I see an opportunity here. That. uh, (laughs) And what was it that you saw? Because like you know, we're we're sort of moving into you're you're maybe becoming a tech entrepreneur. Maybe you're already a tech entrepreneur. What did you see? So so I uh, when I was out there. I was making really good money, but I yeah. was, it was Groundhog's Day. And I met some of my, my best friends ever. Like I, we had a, I have a group of friends that I've connected with in the military, but also out there in contracting. And we would travel around. We were having fun. We worked really hard, but we played hard too. 
Yeah. Um, I remember we had a night in Dubai. It was like a, a $12,000 night, just, just going out to a club and <laughs> in Dubai and buying a bottle and just, you know, yeah, yeah. pretending to be celebrities, you know, we had, we rented a luxury vehicles and all this <laughs> stuff, man. It was, it was a blast, but like looking yeah, back yeah. at it, I, I think that was getting towards more of the moments of like, again, restlessness and gets intended. I, I, I was in this routine um, of going to work working really long days. It was super hot. Yeah. And I had, I had everything like monetarily and stuff wise. Like I could buy anything I wanted. I, I had no bills. Uh, you know, transportation was taken care of. Food was taken care of. Uh, my, my really nice apartment, literally like less than a block away from the Persian Gulf. Right. Um, yeah. You know, literally a Sheik's house was right in front of my building. I lived in a beautiful place, but I was unhappy, man. I was, I was lonely, like very, very lonely. I didn't have, you know, there's no woman in my life, just all dudes. Yeah. <laughs> all grunts. I, uh, you know, I was unfulfilled. I, I wasn't really in alignment with my purpose. I was just yeah. trading time for money. Yeah. And I remember in this moment, it is the closest restlessness and discontent moment I've had. So it's very, it's still there for sure. Um, fresh that I, dude, I would read quotes about time. I would uh, dwell in the moment of like, this is what I'm doing and here's what's happening around me and I'm not happy and, and uh, just very anxious to, to find what the next thing was going to be, but didn't have a clue. So yeah, yeah. the only thing I could do was start writing things down and start doing Google search and start searching and asking and seeking. So that's, you know, instead of just like wallowing in my own misery, and I know a lot of people do that, and that's cool mm-hmm. for a minute. You shouldn't do it very long. Right, yeah. You know, you need to get proactive. Like, you, you can yeah, feel yeah. the pain and cry a little bit or say, be in a little bit of suffering, but then start planning uh, and right. thinking. And that's what I did, man. I, I wrote, um, I had this green book. I say book. It's a, we call those things notepad. No, notepad, yeah, yeah. And I filled like every single page with ideas from a hot dog stand, tater tot <laughs> stand, yeah. to a hookah bar, to a franchise, to a restaurant, to uh, all these different traditional businesses that I could think of at the time. And then I then I started doing Google searches, like top five business, blah, blah, blah. But long story short, I came across an ad of a, a guy from Australia that was launching an app. And I loved yeah. the concept of the app. And I thought, apps, this is brilliant man, what if I launched an app? I could be a global company. It doesn't cost that much to initially engineer, I don't think. Uh, right, right. I could find a dev team that could help me put this together. I've got an idea. There's so many different things I could do with it. It would allow me to use my gift of like communication and networking and, and also solving problems for like this huge you know, conglomeration of people because yeah, tech yeah. is a needed, wanted thing. Yep. So, yeah, man, I just I, I got involved with um, Enthusiasm on Fire not a whole lot yeah. of formal education. <laughs> well, but I think, you know, what's really valuable is, is the fact that you had to get to this place though, you know, where you had to get this place of discontent, where you got to this place where like, like the sort of a similar, but different moment to like that I had when I was 21, where it's like, this can't be all there is to it. There's sure. gotta be something else. And so now I'm going to go digging. And I think every, every person that has an opportunity to get to that place and start digging and, and to be uncomfortable, is like, that's a necessary step in the journey to getting to where you are. Yeah, and, some uh, some people, man, they stay stuck too long, or they they never have this breakthrough where it's like, okay, enough is enough. Like yeah. I hit mine, thankfully, like I hit mine pretty 
I'd, I'd say at a good a good moment, like when you know, okay, I'm going to do something now instead of like, I think there's a danger there. If you don't mm-hmm. change or if you don't do anything different and you're, you're still expecting results or you're still like in this place of hope without action, you know, that's where things get really rough for people and, and it ends up changing right. their psyche or it ends up yeah. harming them uh, mm-hmm. more than what it would be to get it to the other side of fear or action. What's- yeah, this is really interesting just in, from a behavioral psychology standpoint, right? Because you think about what our primal brain is trying to do is to keep us safe. And we, sure. fam, familiarity equals safety. And uh, But there, there's, I think what makes us human is that you know we rise above sort of the primal urges in our brain where we just want to be safe and comfortable. And we go, there's more. I can do more. I want to do more. I have this gift or I have this ability. And you know, I feel very similar to you in a sense that I think every person has a gift. And like in, in the world of coaching that I'm a part of, like my goal in one sense is try to unlock people. I, I try to yeah. view myself as a locksmith where I go, let me pick the lock to the cage that you're living in and see if we can unlock that and see what, see what's kind of kind of waiting for you. And so you kind you kind of did that and you, t- you took a leap. And uh, cause I, I think people would look at where you're at right now and they go like, look at this guy. He's, he's a young guy, successful, like probably no, no financial worries, tech company, you know, looks like you're living the dream life. Uh-huh. And, and you know, social media it has been phenomenal, but it has this way of really, I, why I love this medium is because we get to we get to pull back the curtain and go, well, let's actually see what's happening here. Social media doesn't give us the chance. We just see sort of the polished, you know, projection, sure. you know, that kind of stuff. The so, filter. yeah, yeah. So you, you start this tech company and it seems like I'm just going to create an app and make millions of dollars. It's, it's, it's just easy, right? <laughs> yeah, it worked just like that, too. It was a yeah. snap of the finger. I've seen nothing but success. There's actually been no failure whatsoever. Yeah. It's just been wonderful, dude. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just a yeah. smooth, smooth ride. Now sign up for my course, you know. There yeah, you <laughs> sign up for your, yeah for for your ten thousand dollar course in twelve yeah. weeks and turn you into six figure, seven figure entrepreneur or something like that. That's how it works. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, no. so it doesn't actually work like that. Uh, we'll pull back the curtain. It's raw and real. I failed. Mm. I've failed for hundreds of thousands of dollars, and that's more. That's more than what a lot of people are even like comfortable at first investing in their business or themselves mm-hmm. or in coaching in general to bridge that learning curve. So I have failed enthusiastically and I'm still failing enthusiastically to this day. So the paradigm shift that what I have developed over the years is this awesome, sickening sort of mentality of when things are bad, thank you for things. Right. So that it's this, there is nothing that can, that can destroy me. Number one, I've got faith in, in my creator, faith in yeah. God. And, and yeah. there is literally nothing that can, my soul is good. Right, right. And, yeah. and because I, I have that faith, so that's that's like my foundation. Yeah. But with that comes my ability to, when things happen to me, something, you know, and, and these are family things. Like me and my wife yeah. are having, we're, we, we get into an argument. We're angry sure, about something. Yeah. It's yeah. normally something really petty, like dishes <laughs> or the bed didn't get made or something happened with a poopy diaper or something ridiculous. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm human just like everybody else. <laughs> yeah. And and it's these moments or, or for an example, you know, the kids make a mess on the floor and I, I'm, and the initial response would be, ah, dang, you know, I got to pick up all these Cheerios or all over the floor. Da, da, da. My, my response, and this is universal to, to, I try to make it universal in everything in my life is thank God I get to pick these things up. Thank God I have dexterity in my fingers. Thank God I can see and I have yeah. vision in my eyes to pick these things up. Thank God my, my back is in good shape where I can bend down. You know, thank, thank goodness I get to show my kids an opportunity to learn how to clean properly. Mm, yeah. And, and in that moment when you're grateful and present, 
it shifts everything. Yeah. And, and, and that is my, that's my secret. If there was so a secret and I didn't, yeah. you know, I didn't come up with this. This isn't even yeah. like my, my thing. It's now my thing to give because it's helping mm-hmm. me in my life. So I hope well, that, you know, that that can be a value to somebody else who maybe gets yeah. angry or irritable or, or looks at things typically pessimistically. Yeah. Then, you know, it's so yeah. interesting. Cause um, my, I've got a 13 month old. Yeah, a little boy, most beautiful little boy in the world. Like he's the yeah. cutest boy in the world. No, hands down, right? No bias at all. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, he's really, of course, bonded to my wife and I, I love it. It's the most beautiful thing. Like motherhood to me is just like mind boggling. Uh, Dude, they're superheroes. Oh, it, it's the most incredible thing to watch. So, but my wife, she's also a, a, like a performer. She does theater and, and uh, stuff like that. She's an improv performer and oh. you know, she's just amazingly talented. And uh, so sometimes she's, she's out for the night. Uh, doing maybe a social engagement, networking, something like that. And uh, so then I'm stuck with my kid and he's like mad because mom is not here to put me to sleep. And he screamed for an hour and a half straight. I didn't know that was possible. <laughs> until, and it was, it was such an interesting moment to be in. Cause I'm uh-huh. like, I'm with him. The bedrooms, the lights are dim. I'm in the bedroom and nope, I'm not, you know, I won't hold you my, you know, I'm not being in your arms, dad, like shove, 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 get out of here. But he wouldn't, he wouldn't necessarily leave my side. But he was just frustrated. He was just screaming, and, and he would like flop over, and he'd pound his hands and things. And and what, what what surprised me in this whole situation was just kind of my my ability to sort of check out and kind of observe from a third party and go, what's happening with him right now? He's trying to communicate something he's feeling right now, and he's using the only tools he has to explain the distress that he feels that his mom isn't there. Mm-hmm. He's not like because there's a temptation to want to make it about me. Oh, you little mm-hmm. snot or whatever. You're just making my life miserable and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, no, he's trying to communicate something. And so I was like, all right, dude, we're here. And the situation's not changing. Uh, if you want to cuddle, I'll give you a cuddle. He's not a, he's not a snuggler, though. But then at some point, it was like, it was just this, this hilarious moment where he stands up straight, gives one more primal scream, and then face plants, and he's asleep. <laughs> I was like, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> like he'd, he'd got every last scream out and he just face flat on the bed and was was out but i think in that moment i was like okay like that's probably one of the most mentally trying things to go through is an hour and a half of a kid screaming non-stop and to not to not like lose my cool about Dude. this whole situation oh and, totally uh, no it's that's awesome i i'm immediately just like bravo for you not only as a human but as a dad to be able to like like get outside the box and think about the scenario and i totally like dude i've been i was in a combat zone i've been to pre-deployment training i've done a lot of you know you're you're military dude too you went through boot camp but the hardest thing i swear to god is being a dad and 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 like being a being a parent and and dealing with the various nuances and things that that come with with having yeah. kids, it's it's a whole different. It's a psychological game. It's an emotional game. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's a lot, and I and I'm just realistic. So whenever I hear, mm-hmm. you know, it's a congratulations to people that are having you know babies and stuff like stuff like that. Yeah. But I'm so real with like dads, yeah, in particular because I know what it feels like, and I've been through tough stuff. Like I I really try to to let them know, get ready. Like right, get, right, yeah. Get your ass ready because this is number one. They need you. It's the most yeah, important title you'll yeah. ever have in life. But yeah. be prepared to be selfless and work and and be that. You know, be the coach and the pillar the family needs. Man, it's, it's yeah, it's no joke. Yeah, and you know, and it's funny because like I share that partly not not necessarily to give myself a pat on the back, but I really to highlight. So five years ago, I would not be that person. Mm. I would have been the angry dad 
who thought this kid was was doing this to make my life miserable. And I probably would have lashed out and said some harsh words to him and that kind of thing. And just, and it would have been a really frustrating situation. Right. And, and so it's not that necessarily I have a superpower, but I think over time, what I've kind of cultivated is this ability to take one step back and, and sort of check in with my emotions. What am I feeling now? Because obviously I felt frustrated in that moment because I wanted to help him. I wanted to comfort him, all that kind of stuff, but this ability to kind of step back and go, okay. And it's, it's a, it's a little bit of a spin. On, I, I love the way that you framed it, you know, the dexterity to pick up Cheerios, the, the ability to bend down and pick them up the site to see, like just deciding what am I going to be grateful for in this moment? And I was like, and I think for one, I was like, man, we waited a long time to have kids. Like right. it took a long time to get to this place and we only got one right now and he's, he's healthy. And I, you know, like I'm just, I was like, I'm just so grateful that he, that he's here. And, and on, the kid's probably like the most loved little kid in the world. Maybe every parent <laughs> thinks that, but like, you know, we, we have morning snuggle time every morning. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's like, that's a non-negotiable. doesn't matter how busy my schedule is. I'm like, we're hopping in bed. He's, he's inside, you know, getting a little love sandwich and getting tickled and, and chewed on and, and raspberries on his belly and stuff like that. Like just, <laughs> yep. you know, it's awesome, dude. No. And it, it's your investment and it, it changes every time they wake up from a nap, they're a different person yeah. and every day is different. And it's just, it's just, you know, tactical freestyle. <laughs> yeah, that's a great way to put of, it. You know, just doing your best, and and you don't, you know, it, it gave me perspective for my own parents. It gave me perspective for mm -hmm. their parents, and it just when I had kids, you know, again being being a, yeah, I, I believe in a creator. Yeah, it gave yeah. me like the footprints in the sand, you know, yeah, where it's like, yeah, man, yeah. here I have this son, who number one I knew before he knew himself. Mm -hmm. Number two, I, I he's made in my image. Yeah, Number three, yeah. I, I, I will do anything I can for him. All he needs to do is ask or, or like allow yeah. me to allow me to be there. And uh, yeah. so like, you know, there's moments where I'll never forget this, dude. This is, this is the moment I'm grateful. I got this like epiphany or this paradigm shift where like he was trying to crawl out of his room and he was young. Like he, he's just crawling. He wasn't even walking mm -hmm. anything yet. And he was frustrated and crying and, and stuck. He can't open the door. You know? like he wants to get out. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sitting in the chair. We've got a rocking chair. We had a rocking chair in his room. Observing this from a different level of understanding and operation yeah, as his yeah. creator. Right, and all right. he had to do was ask. All he had to do, all I had to do was see him. Right. And I yeah. wanted to help him and I love him. And I deeply desire for him to, to win in every aspect of life and find true joy and abundance and wealth. Like, yeah. So it's, it's very deep, uh, you know, and so that that's the correlation that I took. Very primitive kind of correlation. Okay, now yeah. I understand. Like, maybe I'm an infant in this yeah. world. You know, maybe I am. Let me take a step back there and, 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 and for a second, is it possible that I am an infant and all I have to do is ask on a spiritual level or on a right. Right. energy level? And yeah. to me, I think the answer to that is, is that's it. Like, that's what you do. Yeah. And, and we're, we're always in our own way. We're always in, our own way in a lot <laughs> yeah. of cases because we know it, we yeah, know yeah. it all in a lot yeah. of cases sometimes. <laughs> yeah. No, man, that, that's a beautiful, a beautiful picture. I abs absolutely love that. And so, um, and you, you talk about like you, you failed many, many times over and lost, lost a lot of money, I'm sure along the way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I, I have, I think much smaller scale experience of that, like losing my life savings in, in business that just left me devastated and crushed sure. in a sense. Um, you know, I was like, how the heck do I dig myself out of this? <laughs> you know, how do I go into my wife and say, we got nothing. 
it's right? all gone. Everything no, I thought I, was building. You know, I cried. So- I've cried several times. I've had, I had meetings where I cried. My dad was in the room. And yeah. you know, you ever cried in front of your dad? It's a weird experience, especially as a grown ass <laughs> man. But you know, no shame, yeah. dude. I cry. I've cried. I've uh, yeah. I've had restlessness, serious restlessness and discontent in business. I spent an entire year working on something that I was really excited about that never came to fruition. I was scammed for money in the in the past, like twenty five grand, I think, for a project that never came to life. Like in my pursuit of finding a good engineering team. Yeah. was the skinning of my knees. It was my hard knocks oh, university. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and that was one of the hardest things was finding, you know, t- I had, I had the knowledge and systems to distribute and sell yeah. technology uh, from, from working in e-commerce and other, you know, other mm-hmm. areas and trainings and whatnot, but I didn't know how to code and I didn't really have the desire to code. So, so the hardest part was, was finding a, a great team to do that and bring these ideas and concepts to life in a digital sense, digital real estate. Uh, so, you know, in that pursuit, there was a lot of failures, you know, over, yeah, yeah. you know, um, and I stayed with it. I, I guarantee, you know, a lot of people wouldn't have, I, I can say that yeah. boldly. Uh, Could, you know, is, is, yeah. Like, is there a moment, and I don't know if it's appropriate to call it like rock bottom necessarily, but like, like a low point where you were like, flip, man, I don't know if I want to keep going in this and I don't know what I'm going to do. And I don't even know a way out of this. Yeah, definitely. It was that. So it was, uh. There was a couple of them. Um, I think the first moment was we got a cease and desist. This was one of my first technologies that we did. We got a cease and desist from one of the largest law firms in the war, in like the country uh, because of the way an API. I didn't even know what an API was at the time. <laughs> the way an API right, right, is integrated right. with a with a platform and uh, that shut down a business. Um, and we Oof. had to have this tough talk of like, okay, who are we? Who do we want to be? What are we going to do? It was this abrupt about face um, and new direction change. That was one. And then the other one was, you know, and we had spent an entire year failing and having tough conversation, crucial conversation, trying to get the right people or the wrong people to do the right thing. Uh, we, uh, we hit this milestone. It was like, okay, we're, we need to break this up. This isn't going anywhere. This isn't, you know, so, so that was another moment where it's like, okay, well, who are we going to be? What are we going to do? What can we do? And, uh, yeah, man, that, so I've had several of those yeah. moments where it's like, okay, it was never an option for me to just quit because I would rather, I would rather pursue freedom than accept fear, you know, like yeah. than truly accept yeah. fear. I think that's probably <laughs> the best way to describe it. I would rather, I am more. I am more afraid of not trying yeah. and regret the pain of regret <laughs> yeah. than like not pursuing because yeah. I, and I can see that. And if I look <clears throat> forward, I think if everybody looks forward in their life right now, we yeah. don't get very many good years. You know, the reality is no one's really an expert at this. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Realistically yeah. you get what 70, you know, yeah. people, people say this all the time. You're middle aged when you're 50. No, yeah. the hell you're not dude. The, the reality is you're middle-aged when you're like 35 because most Don't people are, wife you say that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's a painful truth because yeah. the average age, you can Google it right now. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's like maybe. 70 like, years, 70 something, right? Yeah. Whatever it is. But it's like, once you really, once that hits and then you realize like, man, I, I don't feel like I've been alive that long already. This has gone very quick. 
You're right. Yeah. You're, you're right. First off, the second off is realizing, okay, what I, my minutes matter. My seconds matter. My days matter. My decisions matter. My habits matter in that. And if you fast forward in those next 30 years, 40 years, whatever you have left, you can do your own calculation. Uh, you can, you can almost arrive to where you'll be done in your hustle phase yeah. and think about who, what you'll wish you would have done. And that to me is way, 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 way scarier or way, you know, shittier of a thought yeah. <laughs> than, yeah. than, uh, than the pain of, of failure in pursuit of an attempt. Yeah. That's what you I know, thought. No, I, lo- I love that. And it's funny because I, my, minus the, the seven figure tech entrepreneur, I'm like, I see some parallels like in our journey, just like, you know, when I was digging myself out, I, I was like, okay, the one thing I can't bring myself to do is to go back and be an employee. Like, and it's not to, you know, there are people that make brilliant employees and that's what they're cut out for. And I'm like, I yeah. sucked at being an employee. Like I just, sure. I, the people look at my resume and go like, man, you had like 18 different jobs in like the first, you know, 30 years of your life. Why? And it's like, cause I get about six months in and I'm like, I want to pull my ears off and yank my hair out and run away screaming because, sure. you know, so there, there's just this pull, this urge, this desire, this longing to do something more. And so I set out and said, look, I'm going to build something that somebody can't take away from me because yeah. now, I, you know, I, 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 I kind of lost everything. And so, uh, yeah, here you, you've had some of these moments. So, mm-hmm. you know, if I could ask, you don't, you don't have to share any, any, um, what say sensitive details if you don't want to, if it's like, uh, what's the word? Uh, I can't remember. Anyways, classified. You, there we go. Yeah. Something along those lines, you know, stuff that's like related to, you know, technology and stuff that you can't publicly sure. share or whatever, but, but you have these moments, like, you know, you're kind of finding your dad, you know, what, what kind of brought you to that place where that's where you were at? Man, as far as like where the, the tears, are, I'm, I'm an emotional dude. I mean, I'll be honest. I, I'm, I, uh, I deeply care. I deeply care about people. I deeply care about the projects that I'm on. I deeply care that, that, you know, that, that people and situations are, are that of growth and, and mm-hmm. prosperity. Like that matters to me. I like to make sure the garden is well kept. Yeah. And I think the the biggest thing was, was the realization that it had failed and the own, like taking ownership of that failure was really hard. And it, it was so hard that it forced like tears, you know, right. like if yeah. I had to really try to unpack that, that, it was that, yeah. it, it was probably a lot of stuff that clogged the toilet. You know, that, that made yeah. the tear death leak. But uh, yeah. I think well, that was probably the main thing. Yeah. You know what I think is really cool here uh, and why I love your story. And, and before we chatted, I mentioned another gentleman who I'd like to connect you with who has a, this amazing entrepreneurial story. But it's, I think we have this idea around entrepreneurs and people who achieve a high degree of financial success that they're a certain type of person. And mm-hmm. usually they're portrayed in a negative light. Uh, just trying to extract from people. They don't care. They just want to get rich at the expense of other people and so sure, on. Sure, sure. And, and I think you're, you seem to be the opposite of that where you're like, I want to help other people. And if I help other people succeed, it's, it's inevitable that I'm going to be successful. Yeah, no, totally dude. And I, you know, we talked about this briefly, even before this started, like, like my mindset on making money, my mm-hmm. mindset or ideology of who rich people were and who they are and those characteristics became like this apprehension or fear. Like I had fear of success as dumb right. as, as crazy as that sounds. Yeah. Like, and I'm still, that's, that's probably a place where I'm at even now is giving myself permission to get past conscious and subconscious blocks that I have right, centered right. around money and how it can be used and who I don't want to become because I've met people that are super unhappy, rich people, yeah. and super unfulfilled, rich people, not wealthy in my, in my mind. Mm-hmm. And I never want to become that. I've, I've actually met 
you know, just recently I got back from San Diego. I was at a war room conference, which is like an invite only top level uh, internet marketer, business people, like fortune 75 guys were there mm. just like awesome people. And a couple things from that one, it's crazy. Like every time I've gone to an event where there's like really high level people, one thing that stands out to me is a large majority of them that I end up talking to, whether it's, you know, I don't know what's going on there or if it's everybody there, but everybody had like this, uh, you know, relationship with, with God. And they were totally open about saying that. And they were like, wow, yeah. they, they were like full of light, um, which was really cool. So that was one thing that stood out. But the other thing that stood out was, you know, the people that I connected with were genuinely good people. Like, yeah. like we're using their money as a tool for their family, using their money as a tool for other opportunities and they're providing jobs. And it was just, you know, it was, it was good. People. not saying that everybody is that way, Right, um, but as far as like a, who I want to become, I want to maintain that really right. and use yeah. money as a tool to, to build and do more stuff. There's a world, dude, you don't need more. If you're making 20 grand a month, you're pretty, you're set. Like you right. can live yeah. anywhere. <laughs> you can yeah. start doing things like, you know, yeah. not, that, not that there's anything wrong with making more than that. It's fine. But, but the reality is I think one of the important pieces is knowing what you're going to do as you get past that. Yeah. And how you're going to allocate it. And that becomes a part of your plan, which gives you inspiration to grow. Yeah. So are you at the place? And again, you don't have to answer anything more personally to want to, but are you at the mm -hmm. place where you could potentially say like financially, I don't have to worry about money for the rest of my life. Yes. Like I'm yeah. at a place where I, you know, and I've done that. So that's a couple things. I'm a, I'm a big frog in a little pond where I live. Right. So, so like, yeah. is that the right way to say it? I'm a, I'm a frog in a little, little on. <laughs> I, I think you guys get what I'm trying to say. I, I am. So I live out in the Midwest. I'm not out yeah, yeah. in, you know, Southern Silicon California. Yeah. 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 Right. Like my house is, I bought everything in cash. I've set yeah. myself up to be very abundant and not have mm -hmm. to have the various worries and stuff. I, I worked really hard early on to, to keep this uh, infrastructure and logistics really, really small and easy to manage. Number one, because I'm an idiot and I'm not, I'm not very good with like, you know, doing yeah, yeah. The, doing the, you know, I, I, I wanted to keep it idiot proof and keep right, it right, really right. small and, and without the stress. But then, you know, number two, the cost of living out here is exceptionally low. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I, I love that my family's out here. Anyway, that I've set myself up to not have to make a lot, even to, to be extremely rich. So right, right. it's a ratio, right? It's how much you make versus how much you spend. Yeah. And I make substantially more than what I'm spending, like to be brutally right. honest, without going Absolutely. into like exact yeah. number. No, of course, of course. But, you know, that's just, and I appreciate your willingness to share because I think sometimes this is an uncomfortable conversation for so many people because it's a struggle. And, you sure. know, people might look at that. They have these, they might, you know, because now I imagine, so you, you find yourself in this position now where, where you have abundance, where, where you are wealthy compared to relative to probably the majority of the world's population, actually. And I have to imagine like that attracts a certain type of challenge and struggle as well. And even like people wanting to come into your life with less than savory motives, could we say? Sure. Yeah. That... I, so I don't, most people have no idea how I am. I'm just now yes, building yeah. a personal brand. I'm just now putting myself out there. So I haven't acquired a lot of haters yet. I haven't yeah. acquired a lot of the mean people yet that are out there. And, you know, my intentions are good. I know where they're at and they're, my what I'm sharing is, you know, for me, it, it's irrelevant that like the ripples of the waves per se, because my intentions are to, are to serve and to glorify my creator through what I'm able to create, give and share and pass. And mm -hmm. that's, 
that's my hope. That's the spark of all this is, yes, I want to create more income. Yes, I, but, but I know it's going to be as a result of providing more service. You're paid in direct proportion to your ability to solve problems. And right. the only reason I can solve problems, I believe, is through the creator. So if I can glorify through this yeah. somehow, and I'm still, you know, yeah. learning this is the process. I'm, I've got out of my own fear way there. Yeah. Uh, then cool. That's, that's what I'm going to do. So, uh, yeah, man, that's, that's where I'm at right now. Um, but yeah. as far as like, you know, people attacking, there's been a couple situations where some people just don't like me, dude. And they've done like <laughs> sabotage type stuff where they, I was speaking at an event and somebody sent an email out and tried to do it anonymously and say, Hey, you shouldn't work with him. Cause this isn't this, it's just their own, right, you know, right. but, but even those scenarios, it's like, I'm at a place where I know that that person's doing that for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I, dude, I genuinely like wish them the best. Like in, instead of, yeah. instead of being angry or hateful, I try to unpack that situation yeah. and think about it. And instead of holding animosity or these negative right, things right. about that individual or situation, I just started this like recently, but in the morning, like I'll try to think about them and genuinely like wish them well. Like put that out instead of like talking about them toxically or yeah, thinking about yeah, the situation yeah. toxically. I, again, it's all about flipping the switch and how you look at the world around you, man. And, yeah. and like, so that person I'll say their name and I start associating that name with goodwill and prosperity for that person, dude. Yeah. That's incredible. As, as crazy as that is it like, no. but it's helpful for, for even it's helpful. I feel like for both of us. And what, what it way. speaks to is an under like, you know, you, you joke about making things idiot proof and stuff, but you, you have this zone of genius where you really understand human behavior, mm. you know, and uh, you know, again, I, I, I go back to my story just, just to, to create a bit of a parallel here. Like I, I was nearly murdered like 11 years ago. I was nearly beaten to death and that really messed with my head. There's a whole story behind that, but it really messed with my head, but the way forward or, or at least part of for, for setting myself free from that was to forgive the men who did that to me. Mm-hmm. And the way that I did that was I tried to cultivate a sense of compassion where I asked the question, what happened to them in their life to get them to the place where this is what they were doing. Right. And so instead of saying, because, you know, it's, I think it's really natural for us to want to make it about our ego. Like they did this to me, the most sure. special, you know, person in the universe. How dare they, you know, I'm the greatest person in my own world and all of this. And I was like, hang on a sec. They didn't even know who I was. Right. They, they didn't know who Jonathan was. They didn't care. I just happened to represent something to them that they felt had historically oppressed them. Mm-hmm. And this, so I just happened to be the random dude that was like, came across their path when they had these sort of intentions. Yeah. And, uh, and you show so, compassion to that now. Like you could, you unpacked it enough where you could just, you love on them. It's the craziest yeah. thing, but yeah, and it's, it's healing because yeah. then it gives you clarity for, okay, I get it now. Yeah. Well, I, think, no, I, 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 I got well. tired of being angry. Like I, I didn't want to be angry because like it's, it's hard carrying like anger and hatred in your heart. Like it just is. Definitely. You know? No, I, I totally agree. And that's part of the reason I was looking for a solution. Cause I, I'm again, being aggressively curious is a double-edged yeah. sword like, <laughs> yeah. because if somebody does me wrong, you know, if mm-hmm. somebody hurts me, I try to understand well, why mm-hmm. dude, I'm me. I like, I like me. I think I'm a nice guy. Like I don't, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. do that to you, you know? And so to realize that hurt people hurt people, yeah, and to not have to really unpack all that fully for every situation that occurs, right? Yeah, but just get into a system where I can. Okay, I'm going to wish that person well, man. I'm going to wake up and 
and, and pray for the haters or the angry people that have decided that I'm a target or I'm a threat for whatever reason. And it's the polar yeah. opposite, bro. Like I'm, a, you know, I would say 99.9% of the time I'm the guy that if you hit up and I've got, I've got the time and I've got a solution or an idea or an answer, I want to give that to you. Yeah. You really do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, no, that, that's amazing. And it's, you know, I, I really, you know, I really appreciate your time just in terms of taking the time to have this conversation. Um, I, I don't remember if, if, if it was, I, if I reached out to you or if someone on your team reached out to me, I, I don't even remember how this happened. <laughs> but I was like, I'm yeah. thankful for it, man. Yeah, no, it's, I've, I've thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. And so, you know, if, if we were to sort of tie in a nutshell, maybe how do you know, wrapping up just a little bit of wisdom to, to kind of mm-hmm. close, close this out, if you could just share something with people that they could take away from this, because, you know, you've got to maybe a place in life where not a lot of people get to. Sure. And uh, so you, you, you have the benefit of this really unique perspective, but you've kind of built this yourself. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I, uh, I, if there's something that I could give somebody that's just generalized in the last 30 seconds or whatever, I, did, I, I, I hope, I wish, I wish we could all be around each other for a long time and you could see how I operate and get more insight and information. But if I had to summarize it or, or give like a short snippet, it's life can either refine you or define you. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. totally up to you in situations where things suck or when you've been dealt a bad card you can either learn from that or shrink from that and it's totally up to you and i would urge you to always adapt and overcome i would urge you to realize that you're worth the solution and i would urge you to uh, pursue your your god-given abilities talents gifts and uh yeah that's that would be I could try to. <laughs> no, I love that. And really, that you know, that that's awesome because the, the best advice is the stuff that's memorable. It can either refine you or define you. And you have, and it's almost like the Viktor Frankl uh, idea that like in, in whatever situation you find yourself in, one thing you retain is the power, for, well, the power to choose how you can interpret what's happening to you. Yeah. See, yeah. there's smarter guys out there than me that have already said this stuff. I, just, I, I somehow regret, I, I made it a timism, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, I, I super appreciate you hanging out and chatting. It's been such a pleasure. And I, I just, I think I love for people to be able to see how just genuine and down to earth you are and how sincere you are in wanting to be a force for positive change in the world. We need more, more guys like you. So I appreciate that. Yeah, no, thanks again for having me, John. It's been awesome. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to a long-term relationship with you and, and, whomever yeah, else man. it comes from from this. So thank you for the stage, man. You betcha. And thanks everybody for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed this and make sure you like, share, subscribe, and do all the stuff with all the buttons that makes this more people see this amazing story. <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in to Between the Before and After. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share, subscribe, or leave a review because that helps this podcast to reach and inspire more people. I love exploring the stories that take place between the before and after, the powerful experiences that shape who we become. And I love human potential. I love the possibilities that lie within us. So whatever you may be up against, I hope these stories inspire you. Because if you're still here, your story's not done yet. So keep moving forward. Anyone can come from any place of brokenness and destitution and build an amazing life.